The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Experiences Unexplained. I'll be your host, and my name is Jesse Clark. Good evening indeed, and I hope you've all been able to stay safe. I know in the United States, a lot of us have been dealing with some crazy winter weather. Here in Kentucky, we had an ice storm, and then on top of that, we got quite a few inches of snow. And luckily, Kentucky is a little more prepared than southern states like Texas that have just been going through it. So wherever you live, I hope you've been staying safe. I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to be able to get this episode out on time. There's been massive power outages, and I even lost internet connection for a while, and I just wasn't sure, but luckily everything came back on, and now we're good to go. As I was snowed in, I started thinking about what I wanted to do an episode on this week. Some of the more previous episodes were more focused on UFO encounters and aliens, but tonight... I want to talk more about some classic ghost stories and haunted locations. And I'm actually not just going to talk about one single location, but I'm actually going to talk about what seems to be the most haunted city in all of the United States. That's right, friends. Tonight's episode is going to be all about the insanely haunted American city known as Savannah, Georgia. In tonight's episode, I'm going to talk about some of the history of Savannah, and some of the tragic events that have taken place there, and why it seems to be so paranormally active. But before I jump right into the ghost stories and the creepy history of Savannah, I have a few announcements I'd like to make. If you've experienced anything creepy or strange in Savannah or anywhere else in the world, I absolutely would love to hear your story. I'm really needing some story submissions from you all in order to keep the show going. Next week's episode, episode 20, will actually be the season finale of season 1, 
and I will be taking on stories for season two, and hopefully I get some good submissions from you guys. So if you have a story and you've been thinking about calling it in, now is the perfect opportunity to. The hotline will always be open, and the number is one 270 Or if you would prefer to type your story out and have me read it in an episode, feel free to fill out the contact form at experiencesunexplained.com and click on the Submit Your Experience tab. Or you can simply email your story to me at experiencesunexplained at gmail.com. With season one soon to be coming to an end, it's the perfect opportunity for you all to go back and listen to the previous cataloged episodes. There'll be 20 episodes in this first season, and in the earlier episodes, I talk about my own personal paranormal experiences, as well as some of my family members. I've had my sister and my brother and my wife on the show to talk about their experiences as well as some of my friends. So if you guys would be interested and would like to get caught up on the episodes, it'll be the perfect opportunity in between seasons. Lastly, if you have family members or friends that are into the paranormal and just strange topics in general, feel free to turn them on to this podcast. I say this pretty often, but when we get new listeners to the show, that opens up opportunity to have new stories submitted to be featured on the show. So if you guys want to hear new stories and keep the show interesting, please don't hesitate to suggest it to new listeners. And that's going to do it for tonight's announcements. I wanted to keep it brief because there is a lot to talk about with this haunted city of Savannah, Georgia. But instead of jumping right into all of the haunted locations and buildings around the city of Savannah, I thought it was important to kind of touch on some of the history behind the city and why it could be so haunted in the first place. And to look at the beginning of the history of Savannah, you have to go pretty far back into American history. Savannah's recorded history goes as far back as 1733 when General James Oglethorpe and 120 passengers of the good ship Anne landed on a bluff along the Savannah River in February of 1733. And Georgia itself was actually the final and 13th colony of America at the time, and it was named Georgia after King George II of England. And Savannah was actually the very first city of Georgia. And after settling in Savannah, Oglethorpe became friends with the local Yamacraw Indian chief, Tomachichi. And Oglethorpe and Tomachichi pledged to each other that they would have goodwill between one another. And given that Oglethorpe took the time to talk to the local natives and got permission to settle Savannah, this led to a better start for Savannah opposed to other American colonies. When you compare the early days of other American colonies, Savannah had a very good start because of this relationship with the natives. However, during the American Revolutionary War, the British took Savannah in 1778 and they held on to it until 1782. There were a couple of attempts to retake the city in 1779, but they were unsuccessful. And it wasn't until after America gained its independence was Savannah finally secured. Once America became independent and Savannah was secured as an American city, it started to boom. It didn't take long for the settlers of Savannah to realize that the soil was rich and the climate was perfect for cultivating cotton. 
which led to slavery actually becoming legalized in Georgia and plantations started popping up throughout the state. So here we are just in the very early years of Savannah and you can see that there's quite a crazy history. First you have new settlers taking over native land and as I mentioned in the last episode, Native Americans stick to their culture and are very cultural people when it comes to spirituality. And not only that, but in the early years of Savannah, there were the battles and the Revolutionary War to take control of the city. And then with the introduction of slavery into Georgia, you undoubtedly had a lot of death and people being held against their will. So early on in this city, it's not hard to see why there's so much bad energy and paranormal energy in this town. And Savannah actually became a high competitor in the cotton industry after the cotton gin was invented on a plantation right outside of Savannah. And this led to the white citizens of Savannah becoming highly profitable and able to build luxurious and huge homes and buildings throughout the city. In fact, Savannah was such a key player in the cotton industry that many of the world's cotton prices were actually set on the steps of the Savannah Cotton Exchange. And that building, the Savannah Cotton Exchange, still stands there today. And given that Savannah was a riverside city and was just booming with business and it was a port city, the transatlantic slave trade brought through many of the African Americans through the city of Savannah. So it's not really a surprise that there's so much energy and paranormal encounters that happen in the city today. You know, you were literally trading people's lives through the city and holding them against their will and profiting off their hard work. However, it didn't take long for karma to catch up with the citizens of Savannah. On November 26th of 1796, around 6 or 7 p.m., a small fire broke out in the bakery of Mr. Gromit. And this bakery is located in present-day Ellis Square inside the city of Savannah. Many of the houses were built completely out of wood, and two months prior to this fire, there had been a severe drought in Savannah. So given that there was a drought and all the houses were made out of wood and there was also a slight breeze that evening, it spelled disaster for the citizens of Savannah. Despite their economic success, this town was severely unprepared for a huge devastating fire such as this. They had a very small volunteer fire service and they only had two fire engines that had to be pulled around by hand. So all of these factors put together spelt out disaster and devastated most of the town. The fire continued to burn throughout the night until about 1 a.m. the next morning. Much of Savannah's population spent that cold night outdoors and just watching their city burn before them. Six men were killed while trying to fight this devastating fire and two-thirds of the entire city was burned to the ground, leaving nothing but the brick chimneys behind. 229 houses were reported burnt down, leaving 400 families homeless. 171 houses escaped the fire, but those that were fortunate enough to not have their homes burned down still suffered loss because their way of earning money and their places of business was also destroyed in this fire. The city of Savannah received $40,000 in donations and this money was dispersed throughout the homeless citizens 
and the city slowly began to rebuild and reconstruct all the buildings that had been lost. And when they were reconstructing this building, they looked to cities from the north to kind of look for help in ways to prevent a devastating fire from reoccurring. But despite their efforts, another devastating fire occurred in Savannah in the year 1820. The Great Fire of January 1820 in Savannah, Georgia burned again over 400 buildings almost completely wiping out the city between the Bay Area and Bruffton Streets, and the blaze left nearly two of every three Savannians homeless. It seemed as though history was repeating itself from the 1796 fire. However, in this fire of 1820, things got a lot worse. Not only was most of the citizens of Savannah now homeless, but the poor hygiene and medical conditions of the city helped spread yellow fever throughout the summer months and into the fall. Yellow fever wiped out 10% of the Savannah population, totaling a number of 666 deaths. Yes, that's right, 666, the number of the devil. Between the fatalities caused by the fire and the plague, and the exodus of people fleeing the city for safety, by the end of the year 1820, Savannah's population had dwindled down from well over 5,000 to only 1,500 people. So not only had most of the town been burnt down in 1796, they worked hard to rebuild the town only to get reburnt down in 1820, and then a lot of the population was killed off by yellow fever in that summer of 1820. So it's really not hard to imagine why this town is so popular when it comes to the paranormal, because there's been a lot of tragic death and loss throughout this history of the city. Despite the city having a rough go at it there for a few decades, it eventually rebuilt, and it is now a beautiful city that is one of the most visited cities in the United States today. And if you have never visited Savannah, or if you're from outside of the country and you're looking for places to visit in America, I highly suggest making time to visit the great city of Savannah, Georgia. It's one of the most beautiful towns that I've personally ever visited. I've visited with my wife twice now to Savannah, and it's just a gorgeous town. And it's like stepping into a time machine. Many of the historic buildings have been preserved, and there's cobble streets and horse-drawn carriages. It's just beautiful. And some of you might know the town of Savannah as the town that Forrest Gump, the movie, was actually filmed in. And in the movie Forrest Gump, you know, he tells his story from sitting on a park bench. And those parks, they're known as squares. And there were originally 24 of them in Savannah, and there's still 22 of them sprinkled throughout the city today. And Savannah's one of those towns, if you're staying at a place close to downtown, you can simply just walk around to all the stores. And that's what me and my wife did. We were staying at an Airbnb and we just left our car, and we just walked to the places we wanted to see. So again, I highly suggest you visit if you just want to see the sites and the old buildings and take some museum tours. That's totally worth it too. But when you visit Savannah, you can't help but notice the theme of haunted buildings and ghost tours throughout the entire city. 
Even if you have no interest in the paranormal at all, it's impossible to avoid it in this town because there's literally ghost tours everywhere. They even have a ghost tour that takes place inside of an old renovated hearse and it drives you around. So if this sounds like your kind of place, feel free to go check out Savannah, Georgia. You won't regret it. But now that I've kind of laid out some of the history and the tragedies and loss inside of the town of Savannah, I'd like to focus more on specific haunted buildings and locations throughout the town. And there certainly doesn't seem to be a shortage of haunted locations in Savannah. In fact, many of the historic buildings and the town squares and parks were actually built upon Native American and slave burial grounds. And it's pretty messed up because a lot of these squares and parks inside of Savannah are named after prosperous white settlers and slave owners. So they literally have statues and a square named after them and it's all built upon Native American and slavery burial grounds. So it's no surprise that a lot of these squares have claims of paranormal activity and apparitions and ghost stories associated with these squares because starting off there's already bad energy associated with them. In fact, perhaps one of the most haunted squares inside of Savannah is known as the Calhoun Square. In the early 2000s, a local gas company started doing some construction in the square. They were demolishing the sidewalk that resides in front of the Massey Heritage Center. And it didn't take long before the workers began digging up human bones. Forensic experts were called in and it was determined that the remains were of African-American slaves who had been buried beneath Calhoun Square for over 200 years. So while Calhoun Square might be a beautiful park above ground, when you're walking through it, you're actually walking above the largest slave graveyard in Savannah. It's estimated that there's over 1,000 corpses of enslaved people that have just been thrown into the ground there at Calhoun Square without coffins or proper burial. And to put salt in the wound, the man John C. Calhoun that the square is named after was in fact a slave owner who firmly believed in the institution of slavery. So it's no surprise to me that it's possible that these slaves that were improperly buried in the square have now come back to haunt the area. However, it's not just the spirits of past slaves that haunt the area, but there's also other ghostly tales from the Calhoun Square. There's one documented death that actually involves the Calhoun Square, and this was the son of a federal judge. And the son's name was Wesley Epsby. And the official story says that he actually died from falling from a tall porch at the Espy family home which was at the corner of Abercorn and East Wayne. However, the legend tells quite a different story. According to the rumors around town, Wesley actually fell in love with a girl that was already spoken for. And it, the story goes that Wesley was found hanging from the porch with his testicles cut off and tucked into his top lapel pocket undoubtedly revenge from the man who was actually dating the girl he was in love with. And legend has it that in the early morning hours, Wesley's ghost has been known to appear on that porch, arriving home late from a night out with his beloved girlfriend. 
And the SB family home is not the only building in the square that is claimed to be haunted. When I was in Savannah, I actually went to this square and this building that I'm going to talk about next really gave me the creeps just because on the outside of it, it just looks like a really dark and creepy building. And this building is known as 432 Abercorn Street. And I'll leave links to images of this building down in the show notes just so you guys can see how creepy it looks. But there's a lot of rumors and false stories surrounding this building. 432 Abercorn Street was actually constructed in the year 1868 for Benjamin J. Wilson and his family. And at the time, it was one of the most expensive homes in Savannah, Georgia. And Mr. Wilson lived there with his wife and their five kids. Now, there's a legend that says that Mr. Wilson punished one of his daughters one day and tied her to a chair just because she was playing with poor children outside and she was too good to play with these poor children. So he tied her to this chair and forced her to look out the window. And given that Savannah is in the south and it gets extremely hot and they didn't have air conditioning back then, It is said that Mr. Wilson left his daughter there and she actually died from heat exhaustion. And the story goes that Mr. Wilson grieved both his wife's death and his daughter's death and ended up shooting himself in that same chair where he left his daughter to die. Now this is just a story that's a bit of an urban legend and not actually factual and it's just told on a lot of these ghost tours. There's zero evidence to support it. And in fact, there's actually a death certificate for Mr. Wilson in the state of Colorado later on in his life. And there's also another urban legend that surrounds 432 Abercorn Street involving a young couple that had some of their friends visiting from out of state. And it's said that while their friends were in town, they left their children there in the house, and this occurred in the 50s and 60s. So at the time, you know, it was more innocent time and you would leave doors unlocked and children unsupervised at home. Well, the story goes that while the couple and their friends were out on the town, an intruder entered the home and murdered three of the children and the fourth children survived but hid in a closet. And that fourth child is actually the current owner of that residence now and that's why the house sits vacant and no one is allowed in. However, there's no evidence that supports that this triple homicide even occurred or that the private owner of that building is actually their surviving daughter from that night. Although people question what exactly happened at the building, if anything, there's no question that people feel weird while looking and visiting this building. And in fact, people experience feeling of dread and confusion. Some people have malfunctions with their cameras and others have even seen apparitions. And this could be due to the fact that the building was built upon an unmarked graveyard. Now, it is important to note that many of these buildings along these squares are privately owned, so you shouldn't invade the property and try to go investigate and go stand on the porch. You should admire them from afar, which you do during these ghost tours. However, if you are interested in actually going inside of some buildings and doing investigations or even staying while you're in Savannah in some haunted buildings, 
There are several museums that allow you inside of these buildings, and there's even several haunted bars, restaurants, and hotels that you can stay in. And I'm going to talk about some of these next. The next building that I'm going to talk about is actually one that I visited on my ghost tour, but I did not go inside because this was a tour that we just walked through the city and admired the buildings at nighttime. But this building is open during the day and they do offer tours, so you are able to go inside if it sounds like a place you'd like to visit. And why I decided to talk about this building in particular in this episode is because this is the only building while I attended the ghost tour that I actually captured some evidence. As I mentioned before, on this ghost tour that I went on, we were just walking at nighttime through the town and the tour guide would give us a brief history of all the properties that we were visiting. And the building that I am talking about is called the Mercer Williams House. It is located on 429 Bull Street and stands on the Monterey Square. And the house was originally designed for General Hugh Whedon Mercer by the architect John S. Norris. However, when the American Civil War broke out, Norris moved back home and moved away and the house was not finished. And unfortunately, General Mercer never got the chance to actually live in this home. The home was finally finished around the year 1868 by its new owner, John Wilder. And during a period of time in the 20th century, the house was home of Savannah Shriner's Ali Temple. And after the Shriner's tenure, the house rested in a vacant state for nearly 10 years before it finally found a new owner in 1969. And in the year 1955, there was a new owner named Jim Williams, who was an antique dealers and preservationist, and he bought the home in 1955, hence why the name of the home is the Mercer Williams House. He renovated the home for two years and was so satisfied with the renovation that he actually lived there and made it his permanent residence. However, in 1981, Williams was accused of the shooting death of his assistant and lover, Danny Hansford, a former prostitute with a past almost as questionable as the Mercer house itself. Williams was charged with the murder, but ultimately, after four different trials, he was found not guilty. But about six months after his not guilty verdict, Williams, who was at home stricken with pneumonia, died from heart failure, and he allegedly collapsed to his death near the spot where Hansford was shot dead. Some people speculate that the soul of Danny Lewis Hansford actually stuck around after being murdered and tormented Williams for years afterwards because he was upset that his murderer had gone free. It's alleged that Williams became so distraught by Hansford's lurking ghost that he actually reached out to a voodoo practitioner to rid Hansford's soul from the house. But according to some, they don't think the voodoo ritual worked. And some even go as far to say that it was the ghost of Danny Hansford who killed Jim Williams and gave him a heart attack. It is a bit of a coincidence that Jim Williams actually ended up dying near the same spot as Hansford. Since Mr. Williams' death, those members of staff who have worked inside of the house in the after hours have time and time again seen the ghost of Jim Williams 
Most frequently, it's said that he appears in full-body apparition form walking up and down the halls of the house. And unfortunately, Williams and Hansford are not the only two deaths that the property has seen over the years. In the year 1969, an 11-year-old boy named Tommy Downs entered the abandoned house while it was sitting vacant. The story goes that the boy was chasing pigeons and birds throughout the home and he actually fell from the house. Some say that he fell from the roof, while others believe he fell from the second story balcony. Falling from that great of a height would be deadly for most kids, however, it was even more tragic and gruesome when Tommy fell, because the boy landed on a wrought iron fence and the top spiked part of the fence actually impaled his head. And many people are suspicious of the claim that Tommy was chasing birds on the rooftop of the abandoned house, and some even wonder if maybe Tommy was pushed or possibly thrown to his death. It's alleged that a friend of Tommy's claimed that he saw the entire thing go down, and that it was as if something or someone had pushed Tommy to his death. The strange thing about that theory, though, is that Tommy was alone in the house. Was it possible that maybe some sort of evil entity had pushed Tommy off the house? Or maybe he just lost his balance and just fell? No matter the cause of Tommy's fall, it still ended in tragedy and it is a sad story to be told. And some claim to see the apparition of Tommy still roaming the grounds to this very day. Perhaps one of the saddest and morbid encounters that have been reported is seeing the ghost of a young boy who has repeatedly been seen reenacting the final moments of his life, caught in a loop of forever falling from the roof and onto the iron spikes of the fence. Some have also taken pictures of the home during tours and ghost tours, and then they later on see a ghost of a little boy with blonde hair in the background of their photos. As I mentioned before, this was the only building while I was on my ghost tour that I seemed to capture some evidence, at least it seems that way. I was standing in front of the Mercer Williams house, and I took two photos of the building, And in front of the front door, there was nothing in one photo, but in the next photo, it appears to be an apparition of a lady. I didn't immediately notice this apparition in the photo until days later, after I was reviewing the photos, but I did happen to take two pictures in the same position, and the apparition exists in one photo, and it doesn't in the other. Now, the photo is not great quality because one, it was at nighttime and it was just on a cell phone camera, but I will upload those pictures to my website and you can look at those for yourself and tell me what you think. Perhaps it's just bad lighting or shadows playing tricks, but it does kind of look like there's an apparition of a lady standing in front of the building. And I'm not the only one who's claimed to have captured ghostly images at the Mercer Williams house. Over the years, there have been several people who have witnessed ghostly images and reflections in the windows, not only at night, but even during the day. And there are several images of this that are circulating on the internet that you can find out there. If you are planning a trip to visit Savannah and you're looking for a haunted place in which you could stay, you might want to consider the haunted Hamilton Turner Inn. 
The Hamilton Turner Inn was built by architect J.D. Hall for Mr. Samuel Hamilton, who would later become mayor of Savannah and the Grand Master of the Knights Templar. He and his wife, Sarah, were known to throw huge Gatsby-style house parties. And while the adults partied downstairs, often the kids would go upstairs and play with the billiard table and the billiard balls. And just like little mischievous kids would do, they would sometimes roll the balls down the stairs and then go chasing after them to get a peek at what the adults were doing and try to spy in on the party. Allegedly, one night when these kids were rolling the billiard balls down the stairs, one girl got too close to the top of the stairs and actually fell down the huge flight of stairs and fell to her death. And visitors have made claims of hearing sounds of children laughing and even hearing billiard balls popping off of a pool table and rolling across the floor. Samuel Hamilton was known as a lover of art and he collected valuable pieces from all around the world. And Hamilton turned his mansion into a private art museum. And he went to great lengths to protect his art and prized possessions. And he even hired a guard to stand watch on top of the roof. Well, one morning, this armed guard didn't come down from the roof. And when someone went to check on him, he was lying in a pool of blood and had been shot in the back of the head and killed. After this murder, no one was willing to take the guard's place. So Hamilton himself stood guard on the roof for several months but he then got sick and died in 1899. Some people speculated that the roof or the building itself was cursed, and some visitors have actually claimed to see a man on top of the roof smoking a cigar and sometimes holding a rifle. Is this an apparition of the murdered guard on the roof, or is this Hamilton still watching over the property? The home was kept into the Hamilton family until the year 1915 when it was sold to Dr. Francis Turner. And it's actually rumored that Dr. Turner used the basement to perform his autopsies. Some guests have even reported seeing a Civil War soldier walking through the halls and occasionally knocking on the doors of the rooms and waking the guests. Others have reported hearing disembodied voices and footsteps throughout the room during the night. So if you're looking for a place to stay, but you don't intend on getting much sleep, maybe you want to consider the Hamilton Turner Inn. Or perhaps you'd rather stay in the oldest hotel in Savannah. While it's not the oldest building that actually operates as a hotel in Savannah, it is the first hotel that was built specifically for the purpose of being a hotel. I am referring to the Marshall House Hotel on Broughton Street. And while the Marshall House Hotel has been renovated, it still has a lot of its original architecture and charm, including original hardwood floors, the brick walls, and high ceilings. Mary Marshall built the hotel in 1851 on land that she had inherited from her father, Gabriel Lever, who was a French cabinet maker. And the Marshall House is widely considered by architectural historians to be the finest structure Mary Marshall ever built. And given that this is one of the oldest hotels in Savannah, it has quite an interesting history. During the Civil War, the Marshall House was even occupied by the Union and was used as a hospital until the end of the war. The hotel had also been used two other times as a hospital, including during the epidemic of yellow fever. 
And as you can imagine, since the hotel was used as a hospital during the Civil War, there were many lives that were lost, people died, and many amputations and surgeries that happened in this building. In fact, when this hotel was restored in the 1990s, workers were replacing some damaged floorboards downstairs when they found human remains. And it was learned that the downstairs had once been the hospital surgery room, leading historians to believe that the bones which were discovered were from amputated limbs of Civil War soldiers. In previous episodes of this podcast, I've actually mentioned the stone tape theory, and the Marshall House Hotel seems to be a perfect prospect for this theory, given that it still has the original hardwood floors and the brick walls and a lot of the original architecture, It definitely seems possible that this gruesome past of this hotel could be imprinted on the building. And if you're unfamiliar with the stone tape theory, it's basically a theory that suggests that depending on the materials that buildings are constructed from, or the geological location, whether it's around water, or other factors, could possibly make it to where past events in this building have actually been imprinted through mental energy and psychic energy. It's almost as if the previous events in these buildings, or especially if they're traumatic events, are imprinted in the building almost like a movie or video being imprinted on film that can just play over and over. And as I mentioned before, this hotel has original wood floors and original brick walls, and they even found human bones underneath the floors in this place. So it doesn't seem like a stretch that there would be some previous past energy imprinted on this building. And I think that's a key factor to why Savannah could be considered the most haunted city in America, because a lot of these historic buildings have been preserved and restored, and a lot of its original makeup has been left alone and kept true to the original building. And without much surprise, there have been a lot of reports of different types of paranormal activity from guests that have stayed in the Marshall House Hotel. And some of these guests who experienced ghosts and paranormal activity didn't even seek out the hotel due to its haunting past and claims of paranormal. They simply stayed in the hotel because it was reasonably priced and it was just beautiful and it was a great location. And they just happened to have these paranormal experiences while staying there. Some of the paranormal and strange activity that has taken place in this hotel includes hallways with loud noises. Sometimes you'll hear children laughing as if it's like a big group of children outside playing. Another common occurrence is to hear like a rubber ball bouncing in the hallway or hear a marble rolling around on the floor. Other people have claimed to experience strange smells and toilets overflowing, and there's even claims that the women's bathroom in the hotel is actually haunted by a female spirit in the hotel. Could this possibly be Mary Marshall playing with the guests and toying with them? There's actually a large portrait painted of Mary Marshall hanging in the lobby, and there was one time a young girl who was checking out with her dad, and she pointed to the portrait of Mary Marshall and said she claimed to have seen Mary outside in the hallway of the hotel. 
There's even been numerous claims of seeing different soldiers throughout the hotel, sometimes aimlessly wandering through the hall, or sometimes even down in the lobby. Some have even allegedly claimed to have seen a soldier that was injured holding his amputated arm and crying out for the surgeon and wanting help. And as I mentioned before, many of the guests have reported a foul odor that sometimes fills their room, and many of them describe it as a burning or rotting flesh type smell. And apparently some of the construction workers were staying in the hotel while they were doing renovations in 1999. And the rooms 214, 314, and 414, 414 being the worst, These workers claim to have just experienced a foul odor just filling the room and never being able to go away. No matter what type of deodorizer or cleaner that they tried to use, the smell still lingered. And allegedly it got so bad that they even had to bless these rooms, but the haunting still stayed. And apparently the hotel staff even listens to music while cleaning room 414 to try to get rid of that negative energy and uneasy feeling while they are inside that room. Some people debate whether the fourth floor is the most haunted, or some say it's the second or third, but honestly it seems like you can't go wrong staying in any room in this hotel if you want to experience some paranormal activity. And as I mentioned, it is a beautiful hotel, and it's a great location to go to all the restaurants and shops downtown and on River Street. And speaking of restaurants, you may want to take a visit to the Pirate's House while you're enjoying your stay in Savannah. The Pirate House restaurant is on the east side of Savannah's historic district and is one of the oldest buildings and reportedly one of the most haunted buildings in Savannah. The building that houses the Pirate House restaurant is over 250 years old and the small building beside it that is considered the main building is called Herb House. And this little building dates back all the way to 1754 and is considered the oldest building in Georgia. So you can only imagine what type of energy and past that this building has seen. You know, people say all the time, if these walls could talk. Seeing as this is one of the oldest buildings in Georgia, I imagine these walls would have quite a few interesting stories to tell. And one of the interesting things about the Pirate House is downstairs in the basement in the rum cellar, there was actually a tunnel that connected throughout the city underground. And hence the name Pirate House, this was a hangout of many of the seamen that were coming in on the port and criminals and just some really bad characters. And it's been said that some of these men would get drunk at the bar and get so drunk they would pass out And then once they woke up and gained consciousness, they would be several hundred miles away on a ship because they had been shanghaied and they were forced to work on that ship. And it's said that those tunnels underneath the pirate house was actually used to transport those men onto the ship. And although today those tunnels have been covered up, it is interesting to know that that history does exist with that building. And it's pretty cool to think about that you can go and eat and have a meal and have a drink and be in the same building that many of these men maybe had their last drink. 
There have been shadow people and apparitions seen throughout the dining rooms, and many of the staff that work there have felt the feeling of being watched and sometimes turn around and see an apparition of a pirate dressed in period clothing looking at them. And there have also been reports of the sounds of boots and footsteps on the plank floors. And before the underground tunnel was covered up, there were several reports of hearing moans and screams and just strange noises coming from the tunnel. I highly recommend you guys at least having one of your meals while you stay in Savannah at the Pirate House. It's open for both lunch and dinner, and the atmosphere is pretty awesome. And if you're looking to kill two birds with one stone, and you want to stay in a haunted inn and have a place to eat... Maybe you want to check out the 1790 Inn and Restaurant. As I mentioned, there are quite a few different ghost tours that you can choose from, and many of them are actual pub crawls, and this is a spot that is always visited on these pub crawl ghost tours. There are actually three different parts of this building. The first two parts were constructed between 1821 and 1823, and the third part was built in 1888. So it is a fairly old building and it is considered to be extremely haunted. And if you're feeling brave, maybe you can request to stay in room 204, which seems to be the most haunted of all the rooms in this inn. There's a ghost that has been seen by many guests and staff, and they've even gone as far to give her a name. They call her Anne. It's reported that Anne often messes with guests' belongings and move them or make them be misplaced or sometimes turn up missing completely. People who have stayed in room 204 claim that they've had their bedsheets tugged and have even heard female crying from the dark corners of the room after the lights go out. As legend has it, Anne is believed to be the ghost of a woman who threw herself off the second floor balcony into the courtyard cutting her life short. As the story goes, they say that Anne was suffering the loss of a loved one, so she was so stricken with grief, perhaps that's why people hear her crying at night, and that's why she committed suicide. So if you're looking for a place where you can both stay and have a drink and have a meal, maybe you want to give 1790 in a look. And who knows, maybe you'll come back with your own ghost story of your encounter with Anne in this pub. So I hope you guys can see that the town of Savannah has a lot to offer. I didn't even touch on all of the buildings and locations where there have claimed to be hauntings and sightings of paranormal activity. The history is so long and rich in this town, and like I said, many of the buildings have been preserved, and it looks like you're just stepping into a time machine. So it's no surprise that Savannah has won the title of the most haunted city in America. Now, I do feel like maybe the city and the businesses and the residents kind of play into this a little bit, and it certainly does help their tourism, but it doesn't make the town any less significant and beautiful. I highly, highly suggest that if you ever get the opportunity to take a trip down to Savannah, Georgia. Like I said, me and my wife have gone twice now, and it's just an awesome place to visit. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to talk about the history of Savannah and maybe give you guys some options of places that you can visit while you stay there in Savannah. I hope you guys experience some things on your own and maybe you can get back with me and tell me about something you saw there while you were visiting. I would love to hear about it. 
And if you've already been there before and you've had an experience, feel free to reach out to me on the hotline or visit experiencesunexplained.com and click on the Submit Your Experience tab. But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Don't forget to come back next Saturday for the season finale of season one. But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. I hope you learned something about Savannah that maybe you didn't know about before. And if you've never been, I hope this has piqued your interest to take a visit sometime. But thanks everyone for listening to the end and have a good week and stay safe out there. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.